0: pilot society i'm your host andrew reich it's may and we all just learned that there will not be a writer's strike which is great news for everyone except for those of us who kept our ill-fitting red wga shirts in a drawer for 10 years thinking they might someday come in handy again but strike averted it's back to business as usual which of the networks means pilot screenings and decisions about which shows are going to make it to the air For the writers who cheated death back in January and actually shot their pilots, this is a real nail-biting time. But because those scripts aren't eligible for this podcast, I don't really care about those people. What I care about is making money off of this podcast. And with that in mind, we're now offering Jumbotrons. These are short, one-time-only shout-outs. They can be personal, a birthday message, or commercial, like check out my Kickstarter. You can order Jumbotron messages at MaximumFun.org slash Jumbotron. Little messages that I will read on the next episode of Dead Pilot Society. Also, save the date. We'll be back at Largo in LA on June 24th. It's going to be a special night of musical pilots. We're going to have a band. It's going to be really cool. Uh, I know I always say this, but we have a really funny episode for you this time. It was written by a great friend of Dead Pilot Society, someone who's appeared several times on the show as an actor, brilliant comedian Steve Agee, and his partner on this script, Rob Schraub, the co-creator of the Sarah Silverman program. It's called C Company, and it's based on Steve's experiences at a military high school. We performed it at the San Francisco Sketch Fest with an incredible cast, Dave Foley, Wyatt Senak, Andy Richter, Busy Phillips, Joshua Molina, matt gorley so many other amazing people uh there's some great banter about the brilliance of andy richter's jamaican accent Mm -hmm. but and one of these days i'll have an episode where i don't have to apologize for the sound but the lovely people at cobb's comedy club uh, and they were lovely but totally screwed it up Uh, instead of recording the soundboard they recorded the sound in the room So you'll hear some audience chatter. You might miss a line here and there, but I'm telling you, it's worth it. The script is great, and the cast had so much fun reading it. So here's my co-host, Ben Blacker, and I interviewing Steve and Rob, and then crank it up so you can hear it and enjoy C Company by Steve Agee and Rob (laughs) Schraub. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my
1: favor.
2: Judge John Hodgman ruled in my friend's favor. Judge John Hodgman ruled in my favor. I'm Judge John Hodgman. You're hearing the voices of real litigants, real people who have submitted disputes to my internet court at the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I hear their cases, I ask them questions, they're good ones, and then I tell them who's right and who's wrong. Thanks to Judge John Hodgman's ruling, My dad has been forced to retire one of the worst dad jokes of all time. Instead of cutting his own hair with a flobe, my husband has his hair cut professionally. I have to join a community theater group. And my wife has stopped bringing home wild animals. It's the Judge John Hodgman Podcast. Find it every Wednesday at MaximumFun.org or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks, Judge John Hodgman.
0: All right, let's bring up Steve A.G and Rob Schraub. All right, hello everyone. That's Rob. Hello, hi. <laughs> welcome. <Awesome. laughs> welcome, welcome you YouTube.
3: <laughs> Quick, ask us a question. Yeah, I know. So guys, we are reading your Pilot C Company today. i in this is a pilot that you wrote for Web Network. You we wrote this for FX about four years ago. Okay, and it is based on your real experiences. I, when I was 16, got kicked out of two high schools. You're kind of
2: a wild child. For
3: drinking and uh, cutting the roof off my shop teacher's Cadillac with a welding torch. <laughs> and my parents didn't know what to do, so I got sent to military school. And I got sent to the military school where they filmed Taps. And that was got, Valley, Forge. Valley Forge. Valley Forge, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. And do you guys grew up? Where?
0: where? I grew up in Southern California. What are you guys talking about over there? Oh hi, Ben. Valley Forge. Valley Forge. Cool. <laughs> Carry on. Can you guys you can I think he's tied down know. by a microphone. So the pilot is
3: actually set in 1985. Yeah, yeah we. we chose to do that, I mean, because there were a lot of plot issues that I think having computers and cell phones would have solved. <laughs> that, that
2: was the pitch, was we wanted to do freaks and geeks, but in
4: military
2: Yeah. And, and we thought, we like, all of the, you know, tropes of these coming-of-age stories that are, like, you know, we see a lot of them in the 80s, which has been more interesting done in military school, like this was, is was an all-boy uh, school, so just dating is yeah,
3: And it was the, the school currently these days is uh, co-ed now. Yeah. We could also couldn't have said
4: it. And
2: then having like, a military school during like the Cold War was just uh, it was interesting stuff that so yeah. we could, could have done with that.
3: And the characters, as I understand are mostly based on the people you went to. Yeah, I think if we had made this, if this actually went to actual a shooting, we would have uh, had to change the names because I somehow just used every one of my friends' real names (laughs) and I wouldn't want to get sued. Yeah, when
2: you guys hear the names of the characters, that's going
3: to seem very unlikely. Some of these names sound really made up, but they are actual people's names.
2: that like the script I think never really did it justice is to just, like, like Steve would tell like these awesome stories which is so funny they're just like you can't write this stuff it was so real and it was just it was just hilarious it was like, there's got to be a way to, to do something with this and that's that's what got me excited
3: yeah and this all came about Rob had a meeting with Jack Black and his company Electric Dynamite, and I think you were pitching ideas and nothing was taking and then you just happened surprisingly, you just happened to mention Hey, you know, AJ went to military school and Jack was like, whoa, what? And so uh, Jack had a development deal with a company that is now called Shine America. So we went to them and there's so many cooks involved. We went with Jack's production company to pitch to another production company and they were like, yeah, let's do this. Let's pitch this to all the networks, and so we pitched to
2: AMC was really interested.
3: AMC wanted to offer. Funny enough, every time Rob and I went to a pitch meeting by ourselves, no one wanted to buy it. The two pitch meetings that Jack Black was in the room with, they were also starstruck. That they're like, yes, we'll buy it. (laughs) They had stars in their eyes. The second Jack walked in the room.
2: Surprising. So if you ever want to do get like a show picked up, just have Jack Black in the room. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you yeah. Easy. Yeah. It's great advice. Easy. What can you tell us uh, a couple of things about the development process? Is the script that we are about to hear, is it the script that you set out to write? Uh, is it pretty, pretty much, the much the script story?
3: that I think we were happy with? We were contracted to write two episodes, or not two episodes, two uh, drafts. And after the first draft. One of the guys from the head, basically the head of FX, called us and was like, "We don't want to do this." And I was like, "But we owe you two scripts. If you don't like this script, if you don't like the premise, we can do a space TV show. Like, we owe you a script. We'll write whatever you want." He's like, we're good. good.
2: (laughs) They paid us for it too. They have to pay
3: us. Yeah, but uh, there were the note process is. This was my first show that I had sold. Actually, it's still my only show I've ever sold. <laughs> Rob pitched a lot of stuff, so this was all new to me. And I didn't really understand how, I didn't, It's I
4: wasn't expecting the amount of notes and phone calls it, that it, The notes never stop coming. They never
2: do, you know, I mean, even when you're done, even when you do it after it airs, the notes still keep coming, uh, It's my, my experience but uh. there's a really
3: funny show called episodes with matt leblanc there's a scene in the first season of that show if you youtube episodes matt leblanc notes there's a scene where they do a table read and there's a woman from the network giving them notes and it is so realistic yet so unbelievable where she's just like do we need the bats in this scene they're like there's no bats in this scene and she's like i wrote bats and they go, and they're looking and they're like, Do you mean beats? She's like, Yes. They're like, Yeah, we need a beat.
2: <laughs> and that was the process for you guys? It's, yeah,
0: it's infuriating. Did they give you any uh, reason when they called and said, you know, we're not going to do it? Did you get any explanation? Well, I mean, I think the
2: the, the big thing was like, well, effects was like that, uh, this was too, like, just. Just a regular coming of age story. We've seen this before, but our our big thing was like, well, it's it's a military school. We haven't seen that. You know, we wanted to personally go through all the tropes, but show like how difficult it would be to you know lose your virginity, to do to do drugs, do all the stuff that we all did fifty years ago. Uh, but yeah, and then like it being, we wanted it, to be set in the 80s, we definitely wanted that. And that was a problem, too. That was an issue. And it was an issue, if I'm not wrong, from like a... They thought it was from a production standpoint, right? No, I think it was just playing. like a selling standpoint. They were just like, well, you know, well, who's going to be into it? It's like retro, you know, like our kid's going to be... Is it the 18, to 25-year-old? There would have been
3: a lot of casting of...
2: Yeah, people. yeah, yeah. And, and we were like, well, it's military school. Everybody's gonna have the same haircuts. It's not like we're gonna do a flock of seagulls here, you know. It, it's just gonna be, like, it's gonna be there and stuff uh, uh, other than the occasional, like, music uh, cue or, or, like, uh, um, just reference to uh, space lab, you know, it's not, it's not gonna be that big of a deal. They didn't believe us. They didn't believe us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. let me just ask uh, They're lost! It is their loss. Wait till you guys hear this. Okay, yeah, right Wait, <laughs> I don't think you can oversell mm. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have seasons of the show
3: planned? Was that we have a lot of episodes planned, a lot of episode yeah. ideas. Did we yeah. have a seasonal Art. Well, we had like Murph,
2: who's like kind of is like the, the nothing, second, lead. second lead, he, like everybody was Forced to join military school, I and mean, you find out yeah. that he was the one that actually wanted to go
3: to military school. Yeah, there were oddly people that wanted to be there. Yeah, there was one of the guys in this script. Uh, in real life, the, the, the guy one of the head, one of the top kids at the military school. His father was a guy named Mike Fenton, who was is or well, back in the '80s a really big time casting director in Hollywood. He cast. Raiders of Lost Ark, Godfather Two, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And that, his son wanted to be there. <laughs> his son is so flatteringly portrayed in this. I <laughs> well, it was, yeah. I mean, it's mainly in the name and we needed a bad guy.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But um, anyway, like, the kid Merck wanted to be an astronaut, like, that's why he joined the military, but then, like, at the end of the season was gonna be uh, the, the shuttle blowing up. And so
3: that was gonna be like no. You all remember that hilarious yeah, yeah. day. One of those astro. It, like it was actually
2: gonna be like a big that kind of like dramatic moment where he's like, no, I'm doing I'm joining this because I believe in something, I wanna do something, this is gonna be my dream. And then, you know, when the challenger blew up, like, now he's like, Oh shit, no,
4: like, that was gonna be the end of the season. I think I know why we to showing that <laughs> Let's, let's get to it, you guys. Let's uh, do get to it.
2: Rob, let's give Rob a round of applause
4: let's
1: for his podcast. Podcasts. 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 Podcasts.
2: <laughs> They're audio programs that, that tell smart stories
1: in innovative ways using editing techniques like, like this. this. Like this.
2: Like this. Yeah. 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 But let's face it, all that smart stuff can be exhausting. That's where Stop Podcasting Yourself comes in. It's so stupid. It's just two stupid dinguses
1: being dumb idiot jerks for 90 minutes.
2: Stop Podcasting Yourself. The stupid show that smart people love.
1: Find it on iTunes.
2: Or MaximumFun.org. This is C Company by Steve Agee
0: and Rob <laughs> One, we fade in. We're interior military barracks at night. Moonlight bounces off the linoleum from the dorm windows. We super September 8th, 0400 hours, 1985. We're in a first dorm room. Shine shoes under a bunk bed. Soldiers sleep, faces unseen. In a second dorm room, uniforms in the closet, books stacked neatly on the desk. In a third dorm room, the top bunk occupant snores peacefully. Quiet footsteps. Many shadows pass outside the windows. In the hallway, the back door creeps open. A dozen intruders, all in black, infiltrate the quarters. The leader signals for a staggered column formation. The platoon zigzags the hallway, two men per door. At each door, one man has a lighter. The other, a strip of black cat firecrackers. They stand by. The leader signs, go. The ammunition is lit and deployed, and they withdraw from the barracks fast. Dorm room one, pow, fireworks explode. The sleepers jolt awake. Dorm room two, sparks and noise, strobe the dark as men scream, it's chaos. Dorm room three, a soldier falls out of the top bunk onto the firecrackers. He yelps, rolling over the miniature explosions. Ah,
3: ah, it shit, goddammit.
0: He gets to his knees and hits the lights. The man at the switch isn't a man, but a lanky boy with horn room glasses, Steve Douglas, 16. A small, meek kid leaps from the bottom bunk, Craig Murph Murphy. He and Steve wail like girls at the fiery discharge. The firecracker's popping pop comes to a close. The room is hazed with smoke. Outside the window, older students laugh. This is A Company. The leader is a sharp-faced prick with a unibrow. Brock Fenton, 17.
1: C Company eats shit. A Company rules Valley Forge. Hooah! Hooah!
0: Fenton and A Company run off, singing Ride of the Valkyries. (laughs) Assholes. In the dorm room, a dozen boys have been stirred awake, but we only concentrate on the main players of C Company who are entering the room. Paisley is a confused Jamaican teen.
1: What be happening, Mom?
0: It was Fenton and A Company again. Is everyone all right? Fatty? Shorty? The Espago brothers, Shorty and Fatty, are Hispanic identical twins. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus! I hate those A Company clowns so much! It's first year hazy.
2: Everyone goes through it. I heard kid last year couldn't handle the haze and committed suicide. The
3: guy jumped onto the Shannon Hall flash hole. impaled, bro, through the body.
0: Oh, that'd be worse worst place, man. <laughs> Dirt face, an intense boy with stoic acne, stares out the window. (laughs) Glorious death. That's how I'm going out.
3: Boy, impaled on a flagpole? What did he jump off of? A helicopter?
1: Why does Gate Company have to be such dicks in our asses all the time?
3: Maybe now I know I this didn't get fixed. I
1: don't know if the casting would be better.
4: Once again, why does any company have to be such this in
1: our asses on this?
0: That is cool, my Jamaican friend.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Knowing why it happens won't change a thing.
0: C Company's nerves are shot. They shuffle back to bed. Murph exhales a frustrated puff of the smoky disaster that is their room. He picks a book up off the floor.
2: Oh no, my family album. Wait, what? It's, it's not wrecked, is it? Murph opens the album. The pages have a tacky crispness. No, but the Christmas photo of my sister
3: are really sticky again. <laughs> Steve climbs back into bed. It was the 80s. I... Oh, wow,
0: really? That's strange. It must be the humidity. Murph turns off the light. A beat after they lie down, reveille blurs from outside. The whole building moans. We're exterior Wheeler Hall, the front drive. C Company stands for inspection. Major Schooley, a bullish tactical officer with a chevron mustache, looks at them, disgusted. Hello.
1: I'm shorty. He's fat. Yeah, he's mistake. No way, my core is tight, yo.
4: i <laughs> short, fat girls! You say
1: who's in it. And what were you doing during the attack by Murphy? Diddling with your ass handle? I
2: can't say since I don't know what an ass handle is, sir! It's <laughs> probably your dick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> with your hole, Douglas, or I'll eat my fist and shit it down your throat. <laughs>
3: Look,
0: FF, FX is a progressive network. You <laughs> can say
4: shit on TV. <laughs> Spooly walks the
0: line of cadets, staring them down.
1: If you allow yourselves to be dishonored. You are dishonoring me. Steve raises his hand. Uh, permission to unstable
3: hole, sir. Steve,
1: It's much funnier on this mic. <laughs> Where are we at? Push it up. there. God damn it! What is it, Douglas?
3: <laughs> we got blown up in our sleep. What was it? What was our company supposed to do?
1: Major
0: Schooley
3: gets in Steve's face.
1: Company? company. What gives you the right to call yourself that? Uh the sign over our barracks that says C Company? <laughs> Deeds, not words, making company. Company of soldiers, Douglas, if somebody attacks you, just one of you, you unify and retaliate, instead of screaming like a sack of wet cats and a bunch of firecrackers. Uh,
3: incredibly great advice, sir, we'll be sure to remember that. He whispers to Murph, what an ass handle, shut up.
1: (laughs) I'll make it easy for you to remember, Douglas, and also the rest of you, tampons. I, read it. I don't know. <laughs> I, could, uh, I could have softened
4: tampons. <laughs> okay. There we
1: go. Uh, use tampons. Oh, it's good. You know what? It's not bad. Uh, with a special reminder this weekend,
0: Major Schoolie pulls
1: out a clipboard. Aspale Brothers, you're watching trucks in the battery. Dirt face, paisley, guard duty, Murphy, laundry. This.
0: That's all dismissed. Schoolie leaves. C Company disperses, giving Steve dirty looks.
2: Hey, thanks for being the best at being
3: the worst.
0: You screwed us again, little pubes.
3: <laughs> you know, each day I'm liking you less and less, and I'm a terrible judge of
0: Shorty and Fatty throw gang signs to each other. Everyone walks off and leaves <laughs>
3: Guys, guys, that's not fair. My pubes are strawberry blonde. Look at my eyebrows.
0: In the mess hall the same morning, teachers and officers are in back. The lower class table sits the furthest from the food line away from the adults. C Company squares their meals like robots. The first year plebes whine between the bites.
2: How am I supposed to do laundry on top of studying,
3: Steve? I'm looking, for, for, I'm looking forward to the additional work. It's good for character.
1: Create? Really? I can use some more character. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think,
3: do you want to do my chores?
2: He's making fun of you. We wouldn't be in this, me- this mess if Steve would have kept his mouth shut.
3: You think military school would be any less miserable without me? I offer a service, a playful comment here. When he come back there. I distract my fellow cadets cadets from horrible from how horrible
0: their lives are. Smack, someone knocks Steve's fork away. Hey, my scramble! It's Brock down. <laughs> He's flanked by a dozen A-Company cadets. In the daylight, they're intimidating tyrants. He gets in Steve's face, Murph and the rest of Earth, their eyes. Like last night's wake-up call, Douglas? That's what saying homo says what to Wimbley repeatedly. Next, <laughs> next to him is Wimbley, an enormous, thick necked black kid.
1: Yeah, you know, I said what because I couldn't hear you, and not because I'm a homo.
0: <laughs> Major Scully walks by.
1: Fetton, you harassing that plea? Yes, sir. Good, carry with us, will make you wish you died before you even existed.
0: That's... that's like impossible. <laughs> Fenton sneakily inhales a bump from a coke bullet. <laughs> Wendley and the rest of A Company follow suit with their own snacks. <laughs>
1: a Company rules the board. hoo up?
0: Hoo-ah! They knock C Company's food trays to the floor, smashed, and bounce away with ridiculous energy. The rest of C Company is once again irritated by Steve. I'm literally sensing the pattern here. <laughs> We're in the campus parking lot. The school bell rings. Tammy Lee, 20, an attractive curvy brunette, smokes a cigarette in the front seat of a Chevy Monte Carlo SS. She hits play on the tape deck. Is this the world we created by Queen? Echoes through the lot. Murph runs up. She tosses him a retainer case. Thanks for bringing this. He clicks the bit in his mouth. Dad let
2: me take the Monte Carlo?
1: There's a Muppet
0: tailing up. Across the lot, Steve ducks behind a trash can. He knocks over a stack of garbage. Oh, that's my idiot roommate. Tammy calls to Steve.
1: Uh, excuse me, sir. You could probably hear us better
0: over here. Steve
3: walks over, trying to play it cool. Oh, yeah, I'm working on a new sculpture and was uh, scrounging for uh, found objects. You <laughs> know, life of the artist. You must be Tammy Lee. Steve Douglas. Murph's told me uh, all about you.
0: Merv rolls his eyes. Steve jumpstarts the conversation.
3: Wow, military school is uh, hard. You know, you grow up real fast here. I, I may look 16, but I have the maturity of a 20-year-old. Or uh, could easily date someone that age. <laughs> Tammy
1: plays along. Oh, is that
3: so? Yeah, they must really put like, like
1: through
3: the blender here. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Not only is the constant war training and exercise, hazing uh, is also a sad truth. Last year, a kid couldn't take the heat and committed suicide on a flagpole. Steve
0: puts his arm around Murph.
3: Kid didn't have a support system, your brother does. Don't worry, Murph's safe with me. Fenton and A Company won't be near him again.
1: Fenton? <laughs> Rock
4: Fenton? Is he messing
3: with you, Craig? Yeah, he's been giving everybody
2: a hard time for some reason. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Wait, what? <laughs> Steve is so loud a straight dog runs off yelping. <laughs> <laughs> it's not
4: it's no big whoop. We've only slept together a
3: few times. No big whoop? That's the biggest whoop in the history of
0: whoops. <laughs> Steve collapses. Tammy in earnest holds Murph by the shoulders.
1: Rock Fenton is a Boston senior. used by cocaine. The drugs that he and a company consume make it an unstoppable force of hate Jeez. To try to get out of here. I don't want to be
0: of Steve pounds his head on the concrete, crying. Uh, is that where he received your
1: end?
3: At a blanket party?
4: A blanket party
1: is where a bunch of guys beat the blood out of you with socks loaded with soap bars. And Ben talked about it a lot during sex. It was like, the only way you could
0: get off. Murph <laughs> <laughs> makes a yucky face. don't have to
4: look
1: weird.
0: Benton is just about a bully. I know how to deal with those. We're interior of the tactical office. Knock, knock. Murph cautiously pokes his head in. Uh, Major Schoolie. Schooley's at his desk, blindfolded, reassembling a field strip, heckler and coke assault rifle with ninja speed. Come in and shut up. Murph waits for him to finish, scan, scanning the decor hanging on the walls. A police club in a shadow box labeled Hippie Stick. Frame photos, Ronald Reagan as a cowboy, and a Sears family portrait of young Schooley with a stern woman in cat-eye glasses labeled Harvey and Edna. Slam! Schooley puts the completed rifle down and removes the blindfold. What's your period, Private (laughs) Murphy?
2: Sir! Major Schooley, sir! I wanted to ask if you could please tell A Company to stop harassing us, sir!
1: Um... What? We'd really appreciate it! Sir!
0: Spooley moves around his desk, bearing down on Murph. Murphy? Yeah? Did your daddy screw me?
4: <laughs> you no. Know? Then I'm not your mother. <laughs>
1: do I? Do I look like her to you? Sir, no sir! Sure, cause you came in here crying like, like maybe I was. Like maybe you'd feel better
0: with a titty in your mouth. <laughs> He hikes up his shirt, showing his 56-year-old pubie nipple.
1: <laughs> <laughs> sir! Sir, please, I'm sorry!
0: Schoolie so loves his shirt though. Damn right, Murphy, you're the sorriest cadet I've ever seen. He takes out a bottle of Irish whiskey and fills his coffee bottle. Schoolie looks longingly out the office window. I love this school.
1: Tradition, <laughs> the honor... Boy, when the sun rises over Hamilton Hall in the morning, it's so beautiful my heart could cry. I absolutely 100% adore every single thing about Valley Forge Military Academy, except for one, the students. <laughs> Holy Mother Mary of God, I hate you kids. <laughs> See that George got Scott picture a few years ago of Taps?
2: No, but my father was a fan.
1: Well, that was my wizard of odds. Well, those cadets tried to take over the academy and it was completely illegal to shoot them. My wife and I, uh, we almost broke our wrists clapping. (laughs) She's dead now, and that was the last time I smiled.
0: (laughs) He slams the rest of his drink and pours another. You better go, this isn't going to,
1: this isn't going to end
0: well. at <laughs> the training field, obstacle course, meanwhile. Cadets are running tires, belly crawling under barbed wire, and scaling a 30-foot net. It's unbearably hot. A Company and Fenton cloud through the course with amazing speed. They shove Dirtface and Fatty out of the way. Climbing the net, Steve is struggling, dripping with sweat. Move it, penis, breath. Fenton uses Steve's face as a foothold and tumbles into the mud below. A Company cackles as they climb over Steve. in the training field sidelines, C Company sprawls out in the grass, catching their breath. Steve limps up, wiping the mud off his glasses. Fatty watches A Company speed through the course. Sweet baby Jesus, I hate those A Company gilly boyettes.
3: Nothing we can do, status quo, Holmes. Status quo. Yes.
0: Status? No. <laughs> he finds an empty soda can, pulls down his pants and pees in it. The Espejos, Paisley and Dirtface watch curiously. Hey, look at that guy peeing. <laughs> Murph runs up innocent as Steve taps the can off. <laughs> you talk to Schoolie? No, he's no help. We'll have to put up with the hazing. Just hope A Company gets bored. A Company finishes the course. Fenton catches his breath. Hold this for a sec, buddy. Steve hands the can to Murph. Lordy, it's hot,
3: Yeah, Thank God for refreshing lemon-lime slice and it's 10% real fruit
0: juice. (laughs) Fenton spots Murph with the soda and stomps over.
2: Up the slice, but what? Oh yeah, sure, I I don't want any trouble.
0: Fenton snatches the can, shoving Murph to the ground. He gulps down the warm, salty urine, (laughs) then pukes. (laughs) Uh,
3: What's going on? I pissed my herpes into
0: that can. (laughs) They wanted. They wanted that. That was
3: not Needs more herpes.
0: <laughs> Fenton collapses to his knees and pukes again. Everyone in C company except Murph can't help but laugh.
2: Oh no, 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 Steve!
0: Fenton stabs a finger at C company. They go silent. You're all gonna pay for that. A company will bring down a blanket party so brutal, so high anus, the pain will be legendary.
1: He turns to Murph.
0: And you, you will get it more worse than any in history. Wimbley helps Fenton walk off, leaving C Company stunned. Uh, by the way, if Tammy asked, I'm almost sure I was jo- joking about the herries End of Act 1. Act 2 where the C Company barracks at night. Crashing and breaking come from inside the dorm. Someone's tearing the place apart. A Company comes running out, dressed in black and brandishing soap filled tube socks. Fenton yells to the night sky.
1: Cowards! Where are you? You can run, but you can't hide, C
4: Company! Shut up! You shut up!
0: <laughs> on the barracks roof, all of C Company is camped out up on the roof with pillows and blankets. It appears they plan to sleep there tonight. Steve peeks over the edge, listening in. On ground level, Fenton inhales a bump from his coke bullet. <laughs> Wimbley and the rest of A Company follow suit.
1: Hey, we're to know a marching dust, boss.
4: <laughs> you got a plan for how to get some more stuff
1: Yeah, I'll get Shane to hook this up tomorrow. We'll need all the energy we can get when we climb those nerd modes.
4: This is an oversea company!
0: A Company runs into the darkness like a bad dream. On Barrack's roof, Steve leans back up. All right, it's all clear. I told you it would work. Yeah, this will be amazing. Thanks for ruining our lives again. Everyone grumbles as they bed down. Murph tries to get comfortable on the corrugated aluminum. We
4: can't sleep up here every night. Why not? It'll you like summer camp. Well, for starters, Paisley sleepwalks. Nobody said it was gonna be
3: easy when we were sent here. Hey. <laughs>
2: Why were you sent here anyway?
3: Well, in high school, I was kicked out of metal shop for belching Mopar sucks. Teacher threw me in the garage till the bell rang with nothing to occupy my time but an art welder and his new Camaro. Three months later, I got dumped here.
2: Jeez, it's like you're an event horizon for stupid choices.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, why are you here? What stupid choice did you make?
0: Birth withdrawals, He should have known this was coming. I asked to go. What? In the distance, a stray dog runs off you.
2: <laughs> I uh, told my father once I wanted to be an astronaut, and he laughed in my face and said I wasn't man enough. <laughs> Jeez,
3: who cares? Go home. I was six. Well, and it was my birthday. Yikes. If I quit, he wins. Murph rolls over, very upset. And thanks to your lack of impulse control, proving my father wrong will be even more difficult. Come on, Murph. Friends screw up. No, we bump together, that's it. I base friendship on more than just proximity. Deeds, not words.
0: Good one. Seriously? Yeah. Murph says nothing. Steve is noticeably hurt. In the background, Paisley sleepwalks off the roof.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> From the school history class the next morning, Steve's in back. He looks to Murph up front, jested. At the chalkboard is Lieutenant Vasquez, an exotic, olive-skinned woman with sexy librarian glasses.
1: In the Battle of Alesia, Elysia? Let's go with Alicia. Julius Caesar decided to use what classic warfare strategy against the Gauls?
0: Dirtface raises a hand. She nods to him and he stands. Siege tactic. A low-intensity conflict used when fighting an enemy of greater strength by cutting off its supply line of supply.
3: That's not what it says.
4: <laughs>
0: Battle is often decided by starvation or thirst, and one more thing, he gets down on one knee and opens a ring box. Will you do me the honor of being Mrs. Dirtface?
1: For the umpteenth time, the day I marry you is the day the world ends.
0: My people are working on it. (laughs) Steve is inspired. He taps his pencil on his desk. Dirtface catches on that he's speaking in Morse code, Morse code. The following is all in Morse code and subtitled. What if we cut off a company's
3: drug supply? Maybe they'd be less asshole-ish. Dirtface taps back. Interesting angle, but how?
4: <laughs> Fenton
3: said they're getting drugs from a guy named Shade today. Shorty's been and He
0: joins the conversation.
3: <laughs> from marrow Shade? I heard of him. Been- Valley Forge is his territory Sombra es un hombre de asustan, French, es un hombre
4: de In
3: English she's scary, dangerous You won't stop dealing because you are nice. nice. Murph overhears and listens in Let me worry about that I know that everything that's happening with any company is my fault And believe it or not You guys are the only friends I've got And if anyone were to get hurt because of me, I'd Jump off on a flagpole. You guys have to trust me. I swear to God, you will not. I will fix this. This is my bed of shit. I'll sleep
0: in it. Not long. Count me in. I need mean, you too. Savior your simple fidelity, bro. We hear off camera Morse code taps.
4: too.
0: Murph turns around with a half smile. Steve brightens. Let's siege those a-holes. See how many rules the forge. In Morse code subtitles. (laughs) (laughs) They respond with a unifying staccato tap. (laughs) Hua. Paisley whispers to Shorty. How do you say hooah in Morse code? (laughs) (laughs) In a subway car, the doors kiss open, the middle class people leave, and a dubious crowd mushes in. Last aboard are Steve, Murph, and the Espejo twins in full uniform. They sit next to a smelly homeless man. As
3: long as we're back by lights out, we're golden. Scooby said that? I'm sure he would (laughs) have.
0: Relax, nobody on earth knows where we are. The homeless man replies, I do, you're right next to me. You got some sort of baby army? In the subway station, the train slowly moves out, down the dark tunnel. We're in an inner city neighborhood. A pack of wild dogs chases a child down a street lined with condemned houses. The guys are dropped off by a taxi. Murph pays the driver.
4: Uh, could, could you stick around for... The cat squeals away. Why not? We're in
0: a crack house, a two-story building with boarded windows covered in graffiti. They walk to the front stoop. Fatty knocks. I'm the cutest, so I'll do the talking.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: the door opens. A huge man, scarred with battle damage and prison tasks, puts a block to Fatty's skull. This is Aton. Fatty goes pale. Aton cocks the gun. Fanny, you got a wire, open and smoke those heads straight. He pats them down and lets them in. In the crack house living room, the door is shut behind him and locked tight. There's no furniture, all the windows are covered in duct tape, and the only light source is the TV. A junkie woman watches a documentary featuring a grizzly bear mauling a deer. She laughs, laughs at the worry mess. <laughs> Yo, Shane! Visit! In the crack house bedroom, Aton burns them inside. Everything is red. The walls, the floor, the bed, the sheets, all are colored hot, bright red. Welcome to hell. In bed is Primero Shade, 32, a wiry Filipino man with a thin beard. He wears a black Speedo and two young
4: girls.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So you two are wearing his cousins? Yeah,
1: that's right, Mr. Shade. He said you were okay with us coming here.
0: Yeah, yeah, out with it. I'm in the middle of somebody. (laughs) (laughs) The young girls giggle. Shade sits at the edge of the bed and removes his glass eye. Fatty tries to keep it together Yeah, uh, well,
4: you see there's this guy, Phantom Shade injects a syringe into his empty eye
0: socket <laughs> Murph crambles gags, Aton whispers in his ear are You and have a foot Uh, and he's
3: gonna party blanket us?
0: Fatty chokes, frozen Shade pops his eye back in <laughs> What the hell are you talking about? Steve goes into the
3: safe
4: I can clear this up, sir. Uh, We would like you to not sell Brock Fenton
3: cocaine anymore. Okay, that's a pretty big favor to ask a drug dealer.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Must be something in it for me, or you wouldn't be here.
3: (sighs) (laughs) Well, uh, we'll get you anything you want, except money or internal organs. So aside from those, the sky's the limit. (laughs)
0: <laughs> anything. <laughs> Maybe it's just the horse tranquilizer or just mainline, mine, but... You gave me an idea. At that, that army school, you got access to weapons? Uh, uh, wait a minute.
3: Totally! What do you want? <laughs> a cannon.
0: <laughs> We're at the of the crack house. The door shuts behind the twins, Murph and Steve. No problem.
2: The Cyclops asks for a cannon and you say no problem?
3: Stop worrying, we can do this. No,
2: how are we gonna get a cannon all the way from here to Valley Forge? From here from Valley Forge. I'm, I'm
3: upset.
0: <laughs> in the school hall later, Steve puts a quarter in a payphone and dials. Tammy! Stephen Douglas, how the hell are you? In Tammy's bedroom, Tammy lies in a yellow chiffon bed, her hair in perm curlers.
4: Ham? That's all that's different than
0: that one. We intercut between the hall and the bedroom. Steve, Murph's roommate.
3: I was in the garbage yesterday.
4: (laughs) Oh, hi. How did you get this number?
3: I found it in your brother's diary. I was wondering if you were busy tonight.
4: Oh, sweetie, I'm flattered that you are just too weird-looking and... (laughs) underage
3: for me, so... Uh, okay, so I was so not calling for a date with you, uh, Tammy. <laughs> like, like, get real. Okay, then why am I talking to you? Uh,
4: uh,
3: Murph's in trouble, and I need your uh, help. Okay, so Brock Fit isn't weird-looking. You had no problem having... S- wait,
1: wait, wait. Shut up. Mur- Murph's in trouble? What do you need? What do you need
3: from me? Okay, your dad's car. Any clues how big the trunk is? What does that have
0: to do with my brother? For the sake of clarity, let me lead up to that. Steve's explanation narrates the actual cannon heist. We are at Exterior Wheeler Hall's front drive at dusk. Revolutionary War cannons and statues of forgotten generals guard the front lawn of the rust rip ROTC building. First, the Espejo twins will get a truck from the battery. and Pretend to have engine trouble. A GMC Army truck parks the espejos pop the hood. I tell you, would you look at this? Son of a bee! In the rear of the truck, Dirtface lifts the cargo cover and lowers an arc welder. Truck
3: provides cover for Dirtface while he gets out in the back with the acetylene torch.
1: What's an acetylene torch for? To cut
0: up the cannon. Dirtface lowers welding goggles and sparks the torch. The front of the truck light flickers behind the truck as Shorty and Fatty continue loudly acting as Major schooly strolls by. Must be the carburetor.
3: This could certainly take a while.
0: We'll use laundry baskets to haul the cannon pieces away undetected. Paisley and Murph wheel baskets back and forth behind the truck, picking up the heavy parts.
4: Haul them where?
0: Right exterior of the campus parking lot, Steve opens the trunk of the Monte Carlo next to Tammy. See, I knew we'd get there. Paisley, dirt facing and the stand by with shit-eating grins and two laundry baskets full of cannon parts.
2: It's a convoluted plan, but it's the blessed plan we have. <laughs> I'm still upset. <laughs>
0: Tammy takes Murph aside.
2: I have a plan. We get in the car and go. I can't. These are my friends. I can't abandon them. For once in my life, I have to grow a pair. Please, I need your help to do this. Steal the can and not grow a pair.
1: <laughs> that, that would be gross.
0: Tammy hugs Murph. OK. In the Monte Carlo the Trump's already loaded, Steve shuts it with a slam. Murph, Paisley,
3: and Shorty come with me. Dirtface, Fatty, keep an eye out for schoolie till we get back. The Espejos eyes well up. Mike, you don't go together?
0: Yeah, haven't you two ever been separated before? Let's hit it. Steve gets in the car with Tammy and the rest. The Espejos throw somber gang signs and Shorty gets <laughs> in. As the car pulls away, Shorty holds eye contact with Fatty in the rear window. We're in an inner city neighborhood crack house. A wild dog is chased by a pack of children and there's a bullet-ridden car on fire at Shade's (laughs) drive. Tammy parks the Monte Carlo at the curb. We're interior in the crack house living room. Clunk. Paisley and Shorty dump laundry bags of cannon bits at Shade's feet. Steve slaps his hands together.
3: All right, got a jet. You folks have a good weekend.
0: Shade points at the pile of junk. What is this shit? Aton grabs Steve and throws him against the wall. Hey! Um, uh,
3: there's some assembly required, but, uh, it's still a cannon. <laughs> Shade takes
0: an ice pick from a bucket. Are you being a smartass, bro? Shade, these are homes? Shut up, bitch. Your cousin's a punk for involving me with you. Murph and Tammy don't move. Aton holds Steve tight by the throat. Shade gently drags the ice pick up Steve's cheek. I used to be a smartass, until some bitch took my eye. After that, I was never a smart-ass again. <laughs> Shade draws it closer and closer to Steve's eye, then... Stop! Uh, I won't let you do this to yourself, Shade. Do to me. I got the pick to him. Bruce uh, got the focus, Steve backs down, Steve loses an eye.
2: Uh, <laughs> I saw the look on your face when Steve said you could have whatever you want. You didn't hesitate. All the world for you to have, and what did Primero Shade ask for? A cannon. Why?
4: (laughs) Is there a little boy deep inside who dreamt of having his own cannon but never got one? Shade
0: bites his lip, trembling.
2: Steve's the only one with the metal shop skills to put your dream back together. If you poke out his eye. That little boy is never going to have the cannon. He's always fine.
0: Shady sniffs and wipes his eyes. Ah! Uh, you bought yourself an hour filled out of you. <laughs> let him go wait, right Tom. Steve hits the floor, gasping.
2: Thank you, Shady. You wouldn't happen to have an extra settlement torch lying
0: around. Yeah, there's one in the bedroom. Girls, <laughs> do me a favor, get the torch for me. The young girls go to retrieve it. Murph approaches Steve. I got kicked out of shop
3: class. It's impossible. I, I, I can't use a necessity. Steve crumbles. Murph
0: whispers in Tammy's ear. Uh uh-uh, uh, no, no, way. Please, just once. <lost. sighs> all right, all right. Steve. She gently kisses his cheek, and he beams.
4: I believe in you.
0: Steve cuts her off with an <laughs> open-mouth kiss. She shoves him away.
4: God damn it!
0: Really, you Repeatedly nailed Brock Fenton, but
3: kissing me before I die is off the table. <laughs>
0: the girls wheel the welding equipment in. Shade takes a seat next to the cannon parts and lights a cigar. Shall we begin?
4: <laughs>
0: We're exterior of the military school's front gate, a sign reads, Valley Forge Military Academy, established 1928. Give us your boy and we'll give you a man. Major Schoolie returns back to base, drunk. Dirtface and Paisley stand guard at the gate. They salute. Schoolie takes a swig from a flask. Hey, Sidious. <laughs> <laughs> For
1: us, I mean, <clears throat> You are earlier than usual, sir. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What? are you? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure, man.
0: steadies himself on both of them and, in his drunkenness, reveals a seldom seen vulnerable side. Okay.
4: <laughs>
1: God, I miss her. I miss her so much. But a man's only human, right? Third face turns to Paisley. I have cyanide capsules if you need them. Sorry,
0: you go. Smokey catches himself and pulls away from them. I didn't expect you, Timothy Huttons, to understand. Watch the gate. <laughs> He stumbles in for us. (laughs) We're in the crack-ass living room. The welding torch is shut off. Steve lifts his goggles. I think I'm finished. The cannon looks like a giant corkscrew. The barrel is crooked. One wheel is bigger than the other. If Beetlejuice was a pirate, this would be his worst cannon. (laughs) Murph, Tammy, and Shorty stare at it in disbelief. Shade takes a final puff from his cigar and puts it out. I love it. Ah! he's so happy he leaps out of his chair and hugs steve yeah all right i love it
4: too
1: i got my own can! <laughs> and, and you won't sell
4: fenton Steve? Yeah.
0: he puts steve down sure fenton's all cut off awesome start, start next week uh, excuse me excuse yeah you? fenton stopped by this morning hours before you showed up but next week we'll for sure not ever give him drugs then. <laughs> We're in the Monte Carlo. Everyone's heartbroken. Tammy hits play on the tape deck. Just once by James Ingram underscores the drive back to Valley Forge. We dissolve to the barracks, Stephen Murph's room later that night. The lights are off. Stephen Murph shuffled in, dead men walking.
2: I can't believe we went through all that.
0: There's nothing. Was it a total bust? I got a kiss from your sister. Steve trips over something in the dark. Wait a minute. He snaps on the lights. Major Schoolie is passed out on the floor with Murph's family album open to a picture of Tammy. His pants are down, and there's lotion and Kleenex. It's FX. <laughs> oh, I don't want to be in this script anymore. <laughs> it wasn't the humidity. Paisley runs in. Get
1: out of the roof, man! A company be a-common! <laughs> it says be a comin'. I
4: didn't like that.
0: <laughs> they start to head to the door. Steve stops. Uh, wait a minute, Murph, give me a
4: hand. Steve
0: and Murph pick up schoolie. We're in the military barracks hall. The back door creeps open. A dozen intruders, all in black, zigzag the hallway, armed with tube socks and soap. Fenton waits at the doorway and inhales a bump. A Company follows suit. Attack! They charge into the rooms. In Steve and Murph's room, a soldier sleeps in the bottom bunk, face unseen. Fenton and Wimbley mercilessly pummel him. It's brutal.
1: Little piece of shit! Who rules the forge,
0: huh?
1: Who rules the forge?
0: Fenton and Wimbley, Wimbley stop pounding. They hear laughing. Outside the window, Steve peeks down from the roof.
3: Boys, your rude
0: awakening is about to have a rude awakening. In the dorm room, a voice groans from the bottom bunk and the victim pulls off the blanket. It's Major Schoolie, face bashed and bruised. He shoots to his feet. Crazy in his eyes, hissing blood. Fenton and Wibbly scream, and then Schooley smiles. On the barracks roof, Steve, Murph, and Paisley listen as Schooley beats the hell out of Fenton and A Company.
1: Ah, uh, the and A Company, the best lullaby for all of my ears. <laughs>
0: Look, his name really was
3: Paisley, and he really did have, he really did talk like that. Good job, Andy. <laughs>
0: The atmosphere on the roof has changed since the last time. It's more summer campish. Dirtface uses the welding torch to light a small grill. Please huddle around to keep warm cooking s'mores. I'm really glad I didn't smother you in your sleep, Douglas. Look right back at you, D-face. Murph looks around. This isn't so bad. He smiles at Steve. You were right. About what? You do provide a distraction. Murph grabs a bubble up from a cooler and hands it to Steve. Ditto. Steve pops the top off the bottle pianist, did you? Shorty climbs onto the roof with a coaxial cable. Yeah, hey, I snaked a line from Colonel Vernon's select division. He pulls the cord over to a mini black and white TV. Fatty has it hooked up to a pair of jumper cables. And God said, let there be cable. Fatty clamps the cable to a car battery and the TV snaps on. On screen is the 1982 film Megaforce, starring Barry Boswick. A defeated villain sits in a smoking tank as Ace Hunter has the last laugh.
1: I wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win,
0: even in the 80s. <laughs> On the roof, C Company cheers as we pull away after the night sky. We dissolve to the exterior of the highway at the side of the road the next day. A police car pulls over a white man. The cop gets out. He knocks at the driver's window. Aton is in the front seat. The policeman takes his license and registration. Uh, sir, may I uh,
1: also see
0: what's in the back of the vehicle, please? The back opens up to reveal shade
1: and the cannon.
0: i The cannon blows the squad car to pieces and the top is left in the dust as the band squeals away and we fade
4: out. We did it!
0: That's our show for this time. I'd like to thank Janet Varney, David Owen, and Cole Stratton at the SF Sketch Fest. Uh, thanks to Ethan Walter for doing everything he could with that sound. Thank you to Noah Findling... All of your help, editing, social media, etc. Speaking of social media, you can follow us on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod. or on Facebook and Instagram at Dead Pilot Society. Please subscribe uh, on iTunes or Maximum Fun wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a rating; really helps. Um, if you want, order a jumbotron message Maximum slash jumbotron Next time in three weeks, it'll be bachelor party. Uh, by J.J. Philbin and Josh
4: Malmuth. Until next time, I'm Andrew Reich. Thank you for listening.